guest today is an incredible bass player, singer, and songwriter. He's the frontman for the band Riverside, who have a new album coming out called Love, Fear, and the Time Machine, out on September 4th. I'd like to welcome Marius Duda. Hey, Roy. Nice to meet you. So tell me, uh, where are you right now? And I assume it's late where you are. You're sort of doing the, the interviews and all that. Is this the harder part for you, doing all the interviews and everything now that the record's done? <laughs> no, it's not a harder part. It's a part of my job. You know, I'm in the office right now, my own office. No, I'm just kidding. Um, office in the quotes. Uh, I'm at home in Warsaw. I'm uh, yes, I'm doing interviews as as, as always because it's just my daily ritual. Right. Uh, since many many days, but uh, we need to do this otherwise we won't do promotion. But uh, you know, we kind of uh, within two weeks we just off off we off we go. I yeah. mean, uh, we start the, the tour and we need to fly to Brazil. Jesus. <laughs> Have you uh, have you guys played uh, in Brazil or countries no. over there before? No, two two new experiences for us uh, would be Brazil and Chile. Wow, we great. played in Mexico. We played in Mexico, and we're going back to Mexico. So we're we're looking forward to to to, to see uh, the Mexican audience. But also, we've never been in, in Chile and uh, never been in Brazil. So we'll see what happens. In Chile, we will play our own show. In Brazil, it's just a festival. So probably maybe some people just simply skip us or um, <laughs> but anyway I think it's it, it, it's a great adventure yeah that's a lot of fun and, and good for you guys to get uh, out of just Europe and, and, and that whole area I know you have a lot of fans all over the world and uh, and they'll be really excited um, I wanted to ask we, we, you know album is just done and uh, getting out there a little bit do you sit back now once it's done recording and, and listen to it? Uh, and, and if you do, do you sit and go, oh my God, I hate that I hate that one note I played. I wish I could change it. <laughs> well, I recently I had, uh, I had to, to listen to the album again because uh, I just gave it to my friends and when we, when we hang together, it was always in the background. And uh, I, I used to be that kind of person that I was listening to and said, oh, damn it, <laughs> I should change this. But, and, but two things changed in my head. First things uh, first, it was something like uh, the most terrible thing that we did in the studio, it was, I think, uh, uh, we let it go when, we, when, when we, it was kind of disaster and we were not happy with the final result. I remember we were sitting with uh, Piotr Krzyzewski, a guitar player, and we were listening to Rainbow Box from Rapid Day Movement. Mm -hmm. And we said, oh Jesus, the mastering, it's too, too loud, and it's pumping. When there's these kicks coming, it's pumping. Yeah, it's shitty, oh, this is really shitty. Okay, we will, on the, new, on the next album, we'll do this better. And we just, you know, let it go. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, first things changed, that I am always, much better prepared in the studio for that kind of situations right. and I want to skip that and I pay more attention to details and since I started even Lunatic Soul I, I, I even dig more into something and so now I, I think that uh, these at least two last albums are kind of decent we're talking about the production and so uh, the only thing that stays in this moment this is the artistic way of something. 
And I always try to prepare a lot of things before to have the time to listen to this. And, uh, you know, it should stay in your head. I, I, I never had something like, oh, I hate this part or I hate that part. No, I, if I hate something, I would just throw it away. Uh, so, but sometimes there are feelings like, uh, okay, I could add something in this place. I could add something in that place. Right. But I, but I learned to let it go. And that's the, the second thing that I've learned. That's, it's always like this, you know, you've got the deadline, you've got some time for preparation of, of this new album and recording and everything, writing lyrics. And sometimes, you know, I wrote the lyrics for the, this album almost uh, at the end, you know, it was just, just the, the final call. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and I did it uh, anyway, because I've got the deadline, because I've got this aim, I've got this goal. And when I hear this, it's just, I, I don't uh, regret that I didn't add some parts in this place or in this track. It's just the way it should be from the beginning. So I just learned to let it go. And now I think it's kind of, I'm kind of happy because I'm always not happy in 100%. <laughs> but, I, but I was happy with trying a new generation slides for like, I don't know, 80. And now I think it's just like 85. So it's, it's get, going in a good direction. It's getting there. So, well, that's an interesting point. You mentioned that you wrote the lyrics at the end. So I wonder the title of the album and there's sort of a concept there with some of the trailer videos. Was that all thought about beforehand or the concept with the, the love, fear and the time machine? Was that that came through the lyrics at the end? No, it's a process uh, that I always do. It's just like, first, I need to have the idea about the album, about what it should be, and uh, what kind of music we should play there. The idea always comes first. Let's say that it should be dark album, and it should be about uh, uh, second life, uh, or, or the, about syndrome, about something, or it should be about rapid eye movement, or it should be about modern technology and uh, high definition, whatever. And later, uh, there's a title. I always uh, try to start with the title of the album, and uh, later, there is the process of, uh, probably I'm in the middle, it's usually like I start something already, or we started something already in our rehearsal room, but uh, after this, lots of windows are opened, and uh, we can continue this knowing the title, uh, we can continue the music. And after this, there, there comes the lyrics, right? And uh, I'm trying to, because usually I'm singing the melodic lines, because I'm, I'm writing songs, not poems. So I'm, I'm singing only the melodies and everything with, the, with, the, with my own language, <laughs> uh, which I call Norwegian. Hmm. And um, later, I've got this uh, writing lyrics process, which takes me more and more time every time, because <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself. And uh, besides, I'm getting used to uh, some vowels that I sing. So I also, you know, instead of normal writing the lyrics, the ideas and everything, I also try to be, uh, I try to fit some technical stuff, you know, the amount of syllabs, the amount of uh, so that kind of words, that kind of stuff. So it's, sometimes it's very difficult, but um, it's, it's just the way that I do this. and I. 
I did 10 albums that way. Wow. So, so it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. No, that's cool. It's really different. I mean, to, to sort of have a, a concept beforehand with a title and it gives you something to, <laughs> to work around. Uh, you know, some bands do it differently. They just write 10 songs and then they pick an album title. And, you know, but there's no concept there. There's just songs. So, uh, no, that's really interesting. Usually I start my, my, my music with some kind of fragments, with some kind of puzzles. So instead of the title, I got already something that I know that it may be, it, it, it might be the beginning of something or something uh, for the middle of the album or it, it's perfect for the end. But I don't have the whole, uh, uh, you know, j- jigsaw. I, I need to wait with everything. So it's just like later, just just like uncovering something, or just like, and just exactly just setting the puzzle. Yeah, there, there's a, a few uh, parts that for me are just so amazing. And uh, the first couple of times I heard them. It was I, I couldn't believe the sound of what was coming through because it's so um, it's so perfect the way everything is laid out and I'm, uh, the parts that I'm talking about are there's an ending on uh, a track called Under the Pillow um, which is sort of a long instrumental piece and then there's a, a similar a different different part but sort of a, a, a instrumental ending in the song Cat, uh, Caterpillar um, yeah. which are just unbelievable parts on the record. Um, are those sections like that written during the songwriting or because they're not that's not where the singing is so is that something that you come up with in the beginning just with the song or they're sort of later on that kind of things so I try to compose mostly when we are together in our rehearsal room so it's mostly I'm just kind of director in this moment and I see where we are going and how it sh- how we should follow so um, <clears throat> it's just like like this. Like I start with the idea, and sometimes I, I ask, okay, play like this, play like this, and some, some someone just tells me, oh, maybe I will play in this in different way. Okay, go with this. So it, we're just doing this very quickly and uh, kind of spontaneous. But I would like to catch this mood to to feel the goosebumps if I like something, right? So it's mostly like this. Yeah. I don't I don't work on the computer. Uh, writing the the tracks, you know, on different layers or something. No, mostly I'm I'm trying to record my ideas on the just just normal shitty recorder or play this on the normal acoustic guitar. And later I develop this, uh, or in the studio or with with the guys in the rehearsal room, because I think it's it's much more natural. So I don't waste my time for uh, up- uploading the new software or program or buying some stuff I just it's, it's kind of weird but it's it, it works for me well there's a, a bit of a, I guess the word would be organic feel on this album with a lot of acoustic guitars and and a lot of focus there's a lot of yeah. focus on uh, just a few notes at a time that type of thing um, is that something you were going for on this album yeah yeah I wanted to first of all uh, I wanted to go in into 80s style a little bit uh, connect 70s, 80s, uh, our previous style, and a little bit more organic things. This, this, uh, uh, let's say, Oriental elements, uh, some mo- Oriental tech, mood, touch, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do that kind of combination, and uh, because I, I thought that it would be kind of original when we go a little bit more into this 80s, 
but I, I didn't want to replace Michael's keyboards for some kind of uh, you know plastic uh, shallow sounds <laughs> right. uh, from I don't know new romantic or whatever. I wanted to keep his Hammond organ and stuff because this is this is Michael. This is our keyboard player. This is the part of Riverside style. Uh, so, uh, but. But that's why maybe the keyboards are a bit in the background, that there's more bass on the chorus and uh, more bass guitar, more, more guitar in general, and more even acoustic guitar to make it more, you know, organic, more um, closer to the, to the listener. And uh, I think it's much more fit. It, it fits better with the lyrics. Yeah, it really creates a nice mood, and it's a it's a, a great album to just listen to through. You 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 kind of can lose yourself in it, and before you know it, you've you've listened to all the songs and you didn't realize. So I think that that's a great part. Um, let me ask you about your bass sound because that's really unique. And uh, what do you do with it? Is it simply just putting like a chorus effect on it, or what do you do to make it sort of really stand out? It's right up there in the front. Um. First of all, I'm using Octaver because uh, uh, it comes from the fact that uh, when we played together, uh, uh, Jim, uh I mean Piotr's guitar player, he used to guitar tuned to D, and uh, I, I was I was using a standard uh, tuning uh, to E, and it was always some kind of weird stuff when we uh, played the hard riffs. So he uh, could play on the lowest uh, tune, it was D, and uh, on the bass guitar it was kind of high. So I had to experiment with this and I just found this octave bass, so that's why I, I just play that kind of stuff sometimes. You can hear this on Lost or in Celebrity Touch or in some other tracks that this bass become more, more powerful, but this, this, is, this is it. Besides, I I like to play on the bass like I'm playing on the guitar, <laughs> right. and uh, I think the chorus is also very important, on, especially on this album, because uh, the chorus, uh, um, this this short gate and, and everything was kind of characteristic to uh, 80s. Right. Yeah, it does. To, it does give that a little bit. Yeah, you're right. So it's I just wanted to mark this 80s not by a plastic keyboard sounds, but more like a let's say bass playing on the chorus, which reminds me the band like I don't know Coffee Queens, right? Or, or that that kind of stuff, that kind of playing bass. It's um it, you can hear it like on this on the song the last song found, where you know there's like I think a guitar solo part going on, but you're playing sort of a lead uh, a, a high bass notes on there, which yeah, it, it, it's just the way the same is an addicted. There was a solo, not another guitar solo, but this is the bass, right? Right. Or lost at the end, in the final chorus, there's also some kind of stuff. Even the, the beginning of uh, Saturate Me, which is, I think, the most progressive uh, sound and the most Riverside sound on right. this album, it starts like, uh, for me, like King Crimson from this trilogy from 80s. Mm -hmm. So I just want to also to achieve that. And everything is because of the, the chorus on the bass. You know, so uh, but thanks to this, it sounds I think more original uh, than ever than than just normal. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to change, uh, comparing to the previous album, on the previous album I used a lot of distortion, everything, right, uh, all, all the time to make this sound a little bit dirty, more dirty, and lots of delays. 
And now there is no distortion. The, the sound is clean, so I had to use different effects. So I chose this octave bass and, uh, and, and the chorus mostly. You know what? That might be the subtle difference in the sound of the albums that that uh, that I didn't catch. But the the no distortion on the bass and and the new sound on the bass that's that's probably one of the things that will stand out. Yeah, it, thanks to this, it's more clean. You know, yeah. I, first of all, I it comes with some many details, but I wanted to make this album more light, more bright, more positive, more optimistic than the previous one. So I was looking for some solutions and instead of uh, this album is more uh, you know more clean talking about recordings we, we didn't want to distort distort everything like we did on the on the previous one now it's more you know listenable you can hear separate tracks even during the album I think the production is really good this time I'm so very happy that we can achieve this in the same studio that we did uh, all, all, almost all albums you know we are just developing and learning um, every time something more with the same team. So this is our, you know, let's say that this is this is our success. Not only our band, but also the the, the sound engineers, Robert and Magda uh are, are working with us. Right. See, very nice, uh, interesting marriage. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks to this, we, we we could achieve this. What what we have. Uh, when you go on tour now, um, how do you? You have a lot of albums now, and uh, I, I know you probably want to play a lot off the new one. So, how do you decide now what to play, and how much of the new album will be in there? I don't know. That's For sure, we'll play something new and something old. We'll just do a combination. Um, you know, I just uh, I'm now on this level that I try to pick the most, let's say, open tracks, open songs, uh, some, some things that we composed that they, uh, that we can, let's say, change a little bit, talking about arrangements or the length, um, do some uh, improvisations uh, beneath, in, somewhere in, 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 in the middle. So yeah. probably I would choose that kind of stuff mostly. Um, the, the first single was uh, Discard Your Fear. Um, is that sort of uh, it, well? It has a very '80s vibe, like you you had mentioned. Um, was that song sort of a, maybe a centerpiece on the record lyrically, or or what, what's the story with that one? Well, it's, first of all, this the story behind the album is about uh, making life changing decision, right? That's why this title, "Love in the Time Machine," because yeah. when when you make an important decision, you'll feel a little bit more excited. <laughs> you feel freedom, you feel free, you have the open mind, so I just call it love. Uh, you also fear of the unknown, you fear of the hat, <laughs> you, you fear fear of something that you don't know. Uh, so there's a fear and some kind of experiences from the past and uh, imagination about the future, which is, which I call time machine. But the, so mostly, uh, that's on the whole album, there is some kind of transition from someone who feels lost to someone who feels found, right? So who knows uh, the answers and who, I hope, is more happy now. And uh, the discard you feel is the one of those um, turning points when you need to make this decision right now and 
what stuck you in the place. It's mostly the fear of the unknown. So to move on, you need to discard your fear. <laughs> right. And uh, otherwise, you will feel like uh, someone from our previous album. I mean, some slave, new generation slave or someone else. <laughs> We're just stuck in the same place all the time and just, uh, just, just crying that uh, life sucks and he's not happy, he would like to change something, but he can't. No, you can change everything if only you want to do this. You know? the, the only thing that you can you can't do this is the fact that you fear of, of the change, of fear of changes, fear of, fear of impact, fear of something that will happen after uh, your decision. And sometimes uh, it's, it's not good to, to, to fear of something that you don't know. So I know that maybe that's this, this message it's maybe cliche for many people, but I think that was very important for the album and for the entire situation and the the leading subject of, okay. of, of this new story. No, it makes sense and it's it's great. Um, I, I also have to tell you just for me the uh, I love the new album, but the last album is really one of my favorites. Um, I, I, that was actually the album that turned me on to you guys personally, and it's. Uh, it was it's just an amazing record. So, I, and this one is really just as good. Thank you for the time. I know you're busy doing a lot of interviews, and and I know it's late over there. But uh, you know, I wish you success on the record. I think it's great, and everyone's uh, gonna love it. Thank you so much. I hope there will be a chance to meet uh, when we tour, maybe. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. Thanks to Marius for the interview. We're gonna close with the first single off the new album. This is Discard Your Fear. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download our podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Waiting for the birds
distorted thoughts Closed you in the box And cluttered up your head Hewn from happiness In your fable town You're still Try to free your mind, wake up